Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Finance for Students podcast. I'm Gavin Chang. And I'm Matthias Rui. And our today is Tay Kim. Mr. Kim, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Tay.、Uh, I run a YouTube channel called Financial Tortoise.、Um, as the name implies, the theme of the channel is slow and steady path to wealth.、Um, so there's a lot of、um, content creators out there that talk a lot about. Um, how to make money quickly, how to get wealthy quickly.、Uh, my whole take on it is you know,、uh, it's good to take a slow and steady process.、Um, and、uh, I feel like, from a personal experience, it's less stressful and、um, uh, you'll, you, know, you have a higher probability of building wealth if you approach it slowly. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. As a young person, is it worth taking the increased risk to have higher risk? Like assets and investments, or should we always go the safe route for our whole life? So, I think there's、uh, when we talk about investments, it's not just about like the stock market or cryptocurrency. I think investments you also want to look at in your, as your career, too. So, my thought is when you're young,、uh, I think with your career, you should definitely take risks. But、um, when you're Putting your money into a different asset, such as the stock market or you know, digital assets, I think it's better to put it into something safe like the SP 500 or total stock market index. But I think when it comes to your career, when you're young, you should definitely take risks. So if there are jobs that you want to try out、um, or industries that you want to try out, I think 20s, when you're fresh out of college, Or even when you're in college, I think those are the great times to test it out. Because a lot of times, you know, those jobs out there, you just don't know. You don't know what you don't know until you try it out.、Uh, what are the largest misconceptions or pitfalls that you've fallen into or have seen others experience when it comes to money? So I think,、um, from my personal experience,、uh, biggest pitfall that I personally went in, fell into a lot was to accept. Debt as a normal way of life. So I think you hear this a lot、um, in the media, in social media, that you know, there are good debts and there are bad debts. So as long as you're on the side of good debt,、uh, debts that are helping you to increase your net worth, then it's okay. But、uh, debt overall is、uh, it's like fire, you know, it does its job of like, cooking your food. But if you, if you don't handle it well, it can burn your whole house down. So I think that's,、uh, in my experience, I, when I went to graduate school, I wasn't very smart about how I approached my student debt. So I came out with $87,000 of student loans when I, when I got my MBA.、Um, and I spent three and a half years with my wife paying it down.、Um, paying down $87,000 of student debt is not easy.、Um, but、uh, I think if I was smart about it, if I can go back, I would definitely have you know, looked at debt as something、uh, not to take lightly, but then to be very wary and cautious about taking any kind of debt in your life. What's an example of a, a good debt, if there are any good debts? Yeah, so a lot of people would say like, a home mortgage is good debt because real estate is an appreciating asset. So if you're borrowing money, And you're purchasing a home, and the home is increasing in value, then your debt is helping you to、uh, multiply your investments.
because when you borrow money, you can buy more, right? It's kind of amplifying your ability to buy more. Um, student loan is another example. People would say it's good, good debt because you're acquiring a degree or a skill that can make you more money down the line. So I think, once again, there are debts that are less dangerous and debts that are helping you to like buy a home or get an education, but you never want to accept it as like, it's good. It's actually, I want to take on more debt because once again, it's like fire. Like, oh, you know, like if I turn up the heat, I can cook faster. But when you turn it up way too much, then what do you do? You burn your food and then you burn your house down, right? So I think you always want to have a cautious eye towards debt. Um, uh, even if, you know, it might not be, it might have low interest, it might be fixed. Uh, you don't want to be, you don't want to over leverage yourself because that's really one of the quickest way. Nice. Uh, so... As you said, your YouTube channel is named uh, The Financial Tortoise. And so do you think you could explain one or two ways that people can make wealth slowly and then kind of the risks and the ways that people try to make uh, wealth quickly? Yeah, so the principle of building wealth, if you have a very long-term, slow uh, kind of a principle in mind, it's actually very straightforward and simple. You know, you 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 spend less than you earn so in your job that you'll have you know down the line in your career you know you as you make money you know uh try to aim for the highest saving rate that you can aim for you know so if you're making fifty thousand dollars a year try to live off of twenty five thousand dollars or thirty thousand and forty thousand and save the difference and then as i mentioned earlier the second principle is um try to uh Minimize debt as much as possible in your life um, because uh, that's one of the ways people try to get rich quickly. And then I think the third principle is instead of trying to invest in assets that people say, oh, you know, I can double your money in two weeks. I can double your money in a year. Um, the, the smartest way to invest in the market is a broad market, low-cost index fund like a S&P 500 or a total stock market index. So, but that takes a long time to build wealth. The average annual, annualized return on the total stock market has been eight to 12% in the past, you know, whichever range you look at, maybe 30 years, 50 years, 100 years. And then if you follow that track record, then, you know, going forward, your money is not going to earn more than 8% or 10% going forward. For some people, you know, this could feel like forever, right? When you're when you're young, I put $100 into the market next year, I only have $110, and then the following year, maybe I have 120, and then you mean like I have to wait 10 years, 20 years to build wealth? It's enticing to try to chase after higher returns when someone comes and says, "Hey, invest in this this coin or invest in this digital art or invest in this, you know, this syndicate deal." And then I'll take that $100 and make you 300 by next year. But then most often, um, those uh, kind of deals are super risky. And there is no, there, you know, you're, when you're super risky, there is a higher chance of you losing your money. So I would say um, from a slow, steady perspective, if you can live below your means, have a good aversion to debt, and then invest, use the low-cost broad market index fund as your core wealth tool, 
that is the best sure way to build wealth slowly. And then to your other question as regards to how do people try to take shortcuts is like I mentioned, you over leverage yourself, you take on a lot of debt, um, or you take, you know, you take whatever money you have and you, you know, you invest in the highest risk, uh, assets that are possible out there. So yeah, if you could, uh, if you could, uh, end of the day, you know, don't think that making money is going to, that you can make money quickly. There's a, there's a lot of risk associated with that. And so, uh, one of the principles that you said was, uh, spending less than you make. Uh, but how do you kind of find the balance between living frugally, but not being miserable and like stressing over every penny? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think it's recognizing and identifying what your priorities are. So everyone has different priorities, right? And a lot of times we spend money because our friends are spending money on things. So if your friends, you know, uh, are really into cars, but let's say that, you know, your priority may not be cars. Maybe it's into, you know, um, you like to spend money on watching basketball games. So then I think it's recognizing what your priorities are and then using that priority as the driver of where you want to spend money. But then that also means you have to ruthlessly cut back on that things that aren't important to you. So if cars are not that important to you, don't let peer pressure um, drive you towards spending money. But uh, recognizing that, hey, my priority is this something else. So I'm okay sacrificing these other areas so that I can, I can spend money on the things that I want to and not spend money on things that are not that important. Because where people get into trouble is you start to spend money on everything and you can't do that. Then you're, you know, you're, you, you, you like basketball games. So you, you spend money on basketball game tickets, but you also think that cars are nice. So you get a nice car and then you're like, well, I like, you know, I like to have my Boba too all the time. So I'm going to go get, you know, my, my Bobas every morning. You can't have all three. So you have to prioritize what is most important and then deprioritize everything else. In your own opinion, do you think that it takes money to make more money? And if so, do you think that young students can start investing early or do you think that they should wait a little bit until they have more money? Yeah, that's a really good question. So, I mean, I think there's element of truth to that when people say, you know, it takes money to make, uh, make some money. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you invest zero into the market, zero dollars into the market, you're not going to get any returns, more money you can put into the market, you know, um, uh, more, uh, more returns you'll get. So then, you know, going back to that, you know, the S&P 500 example, you know, you'll get 10% return on the market. If you put $10, you're just earning a dollar. If you put $100, you make $10. If you put $1,000, you can make $100. I think for young students, um, I would say, I think if you, if you uh, have the money, start out small um, and invest into the market, into a broad market, a, a low cost broad market index fund in order to understand the market better. But I think where my recommendation is, you know, if I was, if I was a student, I would focus my effort on trying to build career capital. So there's a book titled, um, be so good. Uh, uh, they can't ignore you. It's written by this computer science professor at Georgetown, Cal Newport. And it was a, it's a quote 
um, from Steve Martin, the uh, comedian. Do you guys know Steve Martin? It's way before your generation. Yeah, it's an older guy. He was he was big um, a while back, but he was a pretty well known comedian. And then someone asked him, "How do I um, how do I become a good comedian? How do I become a good stand up comedian?" And then the recommendation he gave was, "Be so good that they can't ignore you, and then the money and success will follow." So I think when you're a student, that's really your biggest investment is your education and the skill set you develop. So. Um, the world is constantly changing. The world that I graduated into is completely different from the world that you guys are going to graduate into. So what you want to do is always have a curious mindset, you know, educate yourself, uh, and then excel not just in school, but then be open to learning about new things um, that are outside of your regular school curriculum. And then the best way to do that is just read as many books as possible on variety of topics. You know, if you guys can, you know, stay up to date on reading newspapers like New York Times or Wall Street Journal. I mean, that's another great way to just stay in tuned in the world. But I think when you're young, market is, I think it's it's good to invest in the market. But I would say if you want the best, biggest bang for the buck, it's investing in your education. Do you think that there's any skills that students can learn that are better than others? Um, Skill, I think... One of the things that I recognize more these days is that, um, like, when I graduated college, I think it was still a norm for people to say you go into one career field and then you kind of stay in that functional area, that industry your whole life. Um, but I think more and more so, like, I've changed career three times in the last 20 years. And I think it's going to be more so in your generation because technology is moving so much faster. Industries, you know, like um, Google was born when you guys were born, probably, you know. And then who knows in 10, 20 years, you know, like when you guys are in the workforce, what new Google is going to be out there. So I think the skill set when you're talking about it, I would say is the ability to um, learn new skills quickly and then be able to apply that. And then I think a lot of that kind of comes back to um, education, um, reading variety of books out there about culture, about history, about technology, and then be willing to um, apply those information or test out new things because the future, we don't really know what the new career in the future is going to be. Like right now... Um, you know, I never thought I would uh, be a YouTuber 20 years. 20 years ago, YouTube didn't exist. When I graduated college, YouTube didn't exist. But 20 years later, like now, for whatever reason, I'm a YouTuber, you know, talking to you guys. And then that requires some skill to develop. And you guys are doing the podcasting. Those require different skills. So I think that really is the kind of the future is your ability to learn new skill and apply it. And then I think that is going to help you to be able to um, grow and adapt with the changing environment those, that's going to be your future if you don't mind me asking uh, what made you start YouTube and what made you switch uh, your career three times like was there something deterring you from staying or was it just more opportunity or or was it yeah so I mean for me I would say I want to learn something new and different so 
I when I graduated college, I joined the army. Actually, I I went to college with ROTC, and then I joined the army, and I served for six years. But after that, I wanted、um, to experience something different outside of the military. So I went to graduate school. I got my MBA, and then I went into the corporate finance world. So I learned that for about ten years. But、um, it's kind of like anything in life, right? Like you learn something, and then.、Um, You know, a lot of times it's like a it's like an initial curve, and then you kind of plateau out in what you like to learn, what you like to grow in. And then for me, I started a YouTube channel、um, just because I thought it was fascinating how you know social media worked and how YouTube worked. And I and I had you know knowledge about personal finance, and it was just an opportunity to be able to share. And that's how you guys found me too.、Um, so. Um, yeah, and it's a it's a way to interact with different people and then learn a new skill set. So that's what excited me. And then I'm pretty sure ten years from now I'll be doing completely something completely different.、Um, the thing is, you know, I don't know what that is going to be. The key is to just have an open mind and the willingness to learn.、Um, yeah. Do you have any、uh, tips or like lessons that you took away from getting your MBA and、uh, working in the corporate finance? Yeah, I mean, I think、uh, you know, with work in whichever field or industry you go into, you know, you wanna you wanna give your one hundred percent to learn as much as possible to have a curious mindset. Um, I think looking, you know, if you know, if I was to, you know, advise you guys on just.、Uh, How to approach like what? What some of the big lessons that I learned from MBA from corporate finance is that,、um, yeah, just be constantly open to new opportunities.、Um, be hungry to learn.、Um, I think that's in any company that you go into.、Um, you always want to be once again kind of going back to the theme of things are going to constantly change. So don't be you know don't think that、um, you're going to just.、Uh, Yeah, don't 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 settle into just saying I want to just you know go into this one field and this is going to be it. Like, be open constantly to new opportunities. Push yourself, challenge yourself. There's this concept called、um, reinvention. So you guys know Dwayne Johnson. You guys know who that is, right? The Rock, right? Yeah. Okay. So he's like the master of reinvention. So a lot of people don't know that he was he wanted to actually be a football player when he was young. And then he did. He went undrafted, and then he actually tried out at a Canadian football team, but he got he his contract didn't get renewed. And then he went into professional wrestling, and that's where where he made a name for himself. And and then he transitioned into Hollywood. So all of these, if you think about it, he's had multiple different careers throughout his you know thirty forty years in working, you know professional um professional、uh, professional football player to professional wrestler to a Hollywood movie star and like what else is he doing like he's you know really big on Twitter and Instagram too right so then I think it's that idea of constantly pushing yourself to learn new things don't settle yourself for one direction in your life but be curious and be open I think that's、um, that would be kind of like、uh, I guess my big advice if I was to、uh, talk to you guys as students. While learning new things, do you recommend any like self help books or finance books over others? Yeah, I mean there are so many. I would say、um, 
personal finance, I would one of my personal favorite personal finance book is A Simple Path to Wealth by Jell Collins. He, I, I lo, most of the stuff that I talk about in the YouTube channel, actually, I learned from him. He, he focused a lot upon that simple path to wealth, um, simple low, low cost broad market index funds, living below your means, staying out of debt. So I would say that's a really good book if you guys want to learn about personal finance. Um, self self help. Um, you guys know? Have you heard of Tim Ferriss, the Four Hour Work Week? I don't. I don't think so. I've heard hey. of the book, but not of Tim Ferriss. Yeah, yeah. So he that book is a really good one, talking about just kind of the. Um, he does a lot of. Uh, uh, I mean, he's in the Bay Area too, I think, and then he does a lot of angel investing, and then kind of the unconventional living. Um, like more entrepreneurship. Um, I think that's a really good book. Let me see. Um, the Millionaire Next Door. Um, have you? That's an older book. Have you guys heard of that one? Yeah. Yeah. So the Millionaire Next Door. So that's a really good book. Just talking about how it's easy to get um, swept up by social media and. A lot of people who say, you know, the glamour of making money, you know, how I made $600 in a second and then now I drive a Ferrari versus he actually surveyed real millionaires and saw that most of them are very ordinary. They live very frugal lives and um, they have really sustaining wealth. Um, so then one of the big definitions that come out of that book is the sign of true wealth is let's say that your income dropped to zero tomorrow, how long can you go for um, without needing money? And then is that for one month or is that for 10 years? So that's a true sign of wealth is if you can go 10, 20 years without needing additional income, then you've built true sustainable wealth. If you're dependent upon you know your income to sustain your lifestyle, then everything is hinging upon, um, you know, uh, you're 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 on very razor thin, you know, uh, margins there. So I think that's a that's a really good book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in the four hour work week, you said it talked about kind of getting carried away with the whole social media thing and like making money quickly. Mm -hmm. So do you think there's any validity to like the get rich quick or not necessarily get rich quick, but like mm -hmm. the yeah. really successful side hustles like? drop shipping, stuff like yep. that. Do you yep. think there's any point in students pursuing those? I mean, I think it's okay to be open to learning about it. But um, once again, I think the danger of a lot of those kind of, uh, I guess, uh, marketing is that they tend to angle it as, hey, if you follow my five-point strategy, then you can make a million dollars too. But then I think we tend to discount the element of luck. Uh, so just because one person was able to do something doesn't mean that that's completely, you can completely replicate that. Because there's, there's whatever you know luck or systematic advantage or getting into the market at a certain time. If you think about like, you know, in the broader scheme of things, being growing up in the United States, growing up in Silicon Valley, growing up in Southern California, that's a huge advantage. 
that if somebody who's growing up in right now in the war zone of Ukraine, they can't replicate what you're doing or what I'm doing because the environment is completely different. So then I think that's where you want to, it's easy to get swept up by the scheme. I think be, just be wary. I don't think, I think there is, uh, once again, like I think more information is always good, but not letting the influence, the, the information influence you the way you know they've structured it because at the end of the day it's incentivized for them to make money off of whatever course they're selling or whatever program they're selling right so then um is that really going to uh, uh benefit you or is it benefiting them them more so once again like i don't think there is anything wrong with pursuing more information to learn more but always approach it with uh Oh, thank you. So that's all of our questions. So do you have anything to kind of leave the viewers with? No, I mean, I th think I think you guys uh, ask a lot of great questions. So, uh, I mean, if you guys are uh, in high school and already thinking about personal finance, uh, I think you guys are leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of other people out there. So it's great that you guys are doing this project to share more information with other high school students like yourself. So thank you guys for having me on the show. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining uh, joining us. Thank you.